0: Hello and welcome to the Cigar Cast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including reviews, industry news, and everything in between. Uh, we are recording live from Crown
1: Cigars and Nails today. I am one of your hosts, Trey Edmond. I am joined, as always, by Mr. Shane Reeves. You know, I've watched too much professional wrestling in my life. I feel like I should have an entrance theme. Glass should break and heavy guitar. Yeah, I feel like I should have some sort of that. I really, I really. An invention I would like is a belt buckle that plays an entrance theme when it seeks a, you know, senses a doorknob. So every time I walk in somewhere. But, <laughs> sorry, totally tangent tonight, but I'm always trying to figure out what to say when I first come home. So we got a guest tonight. We sure have. Our guest is Jonathan Brandon. Jonathan, I have known forever. and yeah, it's, it's been a while. Ever since i 've known him he's worked in a cigar lounge,
2: yes, sir. Uh, since I started, I started working at a cigar shop when I was uh, eighteen and I've continuously worked at some type of cigar shop since currently and I'm, uh, so that's been the past four years so
1: and Jonathan has made he's broken cigar cast etiquette. I hate to call him out first thing, but he's already lit his cigar and he's smoking a better cigar than the host. Those are two things I don't know if we can abide, but we're going to keep him anyway. Tell us about the cigar you're smoking, Jonathan. Um,
2: Well, today I'm smoking the uh, Padron 1964 Hermosa. Um, It's going to be just a nice little short fat cigar. Um, I'm getting, uh, let me take a couple puffs and I'll kind of give you guys a little description of it. So
0: is this the first padron we've ever had on the show? Because I think it might be. No, I did I did the nine thousand,
1: but it's the first real Padron we've no, ever had it, on yeah. the show.
2: I'm getting some real strong like uh, woody notes out of it. Um, on the retro hail you got a nice spice that runs through the no, through the nostrils. Um so overall just excellent construction. It's burning nice, holding good ash. Um, can't say enough about padrones. I love them, smoke them all the time. Or as much as I can. A college student here, so Always can't always afford the best for drones, but I try.
1: <laughs> so, Trey, what do you got planned to smoke tonight?
0: So, I've got something interesting planned for tonight because this is something I've never actually done on the show before, and I'm going to smoke a cigar that I've never had before. Now, that's, that is to say, though, it has been featured on the show. This is the CAO consigliere, which you smoked about four or five weeks ago. Um, I've never had the... I smoked the Soprano. I've never smoked the consigliere, but I thought in sort of homage to the grand reopening that Crown Cigars is doing on the 19th of May. Uh, they're going to have General in-house, and I thought that uh, I would uh, smoke something that we're going to be able to find here at the event.
1: And that's one of my favorites. I smoked one during Poker this week. One of my absolute gems. I've, I've loved that cigar since it came out. When it first came out, I got excited about it and was just... Um, Couldn't wait to get my hands on one, so I'm really happy to have it. Now tonight, I'm gonna smoke a CAO Brazil. It's a cigar I've smoked once or twice, but I don't know that I've ever really gave it serious thought. But Crown Cigars here in Brentwood, Tennessee, they will be having their grand reopening May 19th from four to nine. And we talked about it last week with Austin, the owner, It's really just a great opportunity to come meet with some nice people, have a great time smoking a few cigars. Just an absolute joy to do it. One of the people featured here will be Rick Rodriguez of CAO. He's a master blender and he's going to be the brand ambassador for cao and he was responsible
0: for the flathead and the Brasilia that you're smoking oh sorry i jumped ahead didn't i uh, oh no by all <laughs> means um, and then he uh and then one other that i can never remember um but he's been it, all of the best stuff that cao has put out recently you've got this guy to thank for it all yeah
1: a lot of the more full-bodied stuff i can tell his palate kind of leans to full-bodied and if you ever get a chance, and Jonathan, you can help me on this because I know through your years working yeah, in shops, yeah, I've shop, smoked a lot of
2: a lot of different cigars. So,
1: <laughs> well, and you've got to meet a lot of cigar yes. superstars, a meet lot a of lot guys of that master blenders and everything yeah. like that. For me, it's always Willie Herrera. Willie is always his palate really matches mine, and I've really enjoyed it. Um, who, which blender really suits your flavor profile?
2: i don't know how much experience i have with meeting blenders i've met a lot of owners of companies and stuff and uh one that just sticks out in my mind i've always been a fan of their products uh would be uh rocky patel and nish patel um nish patel his cigar the bold um actually went to their uh debut of that at uh in tuscaloosa at rnr cigars where they did the uh national debut of that cigar and that cigar i have a full box of them from the original release and uh I smoke those on occasion, and it just it's full body, real spicy, real peppery. Just really fits my profile just perfectly. I like full body, spicy, peppery. The stronger, the better for me.
0: Um, so you're going to get along really well with us on this show because that yeah. tends to be most of what we smoke.
1: <laughs> yeah, we tend to be Nicaraguan tobacco fans and full body tobacco fans, though. Lately, I have been on the LFD kick. I don't know
2: what LFD what that is. has been a great brand. Um, I actually didn't really recognize do much with lfd i hadn't really smoked any of their stuff and uh, i actually went to an event uh back the first of the year with lfd and uh that cigar really i talked to the rep the rep was super nice um his name escapes me right now i can't think of it
0: was it down in alabama
2: was it yeah. trip yeah it was trip trip yeah. that's who it was um he showed me uh different different blends and told me about them and they were just excellent um andalusian bull uh which got number one cigar for Cigar Aficionado, um, surprisingly. It's Uh, been hot,
0: though. It's been
2: very hot. Shops Um, can't keep it in. Yeah. um, I I know a lot of shops, as soon as they get them in, they're gone. And uh, I've never really agreed with Cigar Aficionado's ratings uh, in the past couple years. I feel like it's kind of been more towards advertising. But I feel like with that, them picking that cigar really hit the nail on the head because it's an excellent cigar. Good shape. Smokes wonderful. um, Very good construction on the cigar. Um, I would label it more as like a medium body though medium to medium full Uh, I wouldn't say it's completely full body because I don't get that spice or that pepper that I that I typically look for
1: well especially for a um for a Dominican or an LFD cigar which are known for their strength they're known for being so so strong um it's it's a little on the lean side but I enjoy it I enjoy the complexity Well, see, and that's been
0: my thing of late that I've noticed with their stuff is that, you know, I really like the strength that they bring to the party, but I don't find that their flavor always matches that. That's why I love the Double Arrow because I think you get, and the chisel for that matter, is because you get so much of the flavor that accompanies that strength.
2: And uh, going back to the Andalusian Bull, something that I was also told was the LFD Reserve Especial is going to be, it's the exact same blend with a different wrapper than the Andalusian Bull, But they're getting ready to change that so they can offer the andalusian bull blend in different sizes
0: oh that'll be fantastic Um, that's gonna
2: i think that's gonna be a great seller for them good price point it comes in i think right around the nine to ten dollar range all right and so for people that can't get the andalusian bull that want it in a normal size they can get those on probably a regular basis Um, and it's an excellent cigar already and i think once they change it to uh, the exact blend of the andalusian bull i think it's even going to be a more popular cigar
1: excellent now brass tacks Jonathan, where were you the night of April the 2nd between 5 and 9 p.m.?
2: Uh, if it was a weekend, I was probably at work.
1: Can anyone verify that? Do you have any, let's call it an alibi? Uh,
2: I could look at my schedule, and I'm, I'm sure uh, if I was at work, my boss could definitely uh, verify that.
1: There, well, yeah, but he could be in catoots There was a <laughs> container of Arturo Fuente cigars stolen not far from your base of operations. And as the person I know that loves Fuente the most, I'm, you're my number one suspect right now.
2: Uh, from what I've heard, that was actually, uh, the container was mainly full of uh, Double Chateau Naturals. Um, I know those have been tr- troublesome for shops to get in right now. Um, I'm not a big fan of the Double Chateau Natural. I, I'm more of a uh, Opus guy or their, some of their sun-grown wrapper, um, wrapped cigars. Um, so I don't think it was me, but... Uh, it could have been one of those blackout nights. You just never know. <laughs>
1: well, I mean, college kids, a, cont- a shipping container full of cigars. This could be a movie.
2: <laughs> I'm just going to say. Oh, if it was me, I, I would love to. Uh, any producers out there that want to make a movie about it, I'm sure I could come up with a good story on it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Jonathan, one of the questions that we always ask people that we have on the show is, and we've had so many repeat guests lately that I haven't had the opportunity to ask this in a while. Um Stranded on a desert island, one cigar for the—you've got unlimited supply, and you don't have to pay for it to be shipped. Ooh. But what is the what is the cigar that that the one cigar that you could smoke for the rest of your life?
2: Ah, uh, man, that's a tough one. Um, I'm probably gonna have to say—I don't know if my favorite cigar would be a cigar I'd want to smoke all the time, but uh, it, it would definitely. Probably be some type of Opus or Padron. Um, I would have to say um, those have kind of been the two brands that I go back and forth on. Um, but uh, my favorite cigar would definitely be the Opus X uh, Oscuro, the yellow box that, that they come out with uh, seasonally. Um, it's come out the past two Christmases. Um, that's that's by far my favorite cigar. But I don't know if I'd want to smoke it all the time. So um, I don't know. It'd be between Opus and Padron. I'm not sure though. But it'd definitely be between those two brands
1: i got to think a box of Padron 1926 would make me happy almost
2: every day. I don't know. I actually like the 64 better.
1: Um, See, I, I've got a, a,
0: another friend of mine who says the same thing, and I just don't get it. I'm, I've always been a 26 guy. I feel like there's a little bit more pepper in that one than there is in the 64, and I like that. But
2: I've, I've smoked 26s. I just think for the price of the 26, uh, I don't know if I'm. I think when I compare them, I think about the price a little more. Well, and so yeah. the the sixty four to me just at the price range it is, it's hard to beat. Uh, you just get a little more cigar for the money, I think.
0: No, I think you're exactly right. I mean, but you know, if I'm if I'm trapped on a desert island, you better be believe it's because of you know Blofeld's got something out for me, so he's footing the bill. So I want <laughs> the twenty six.
2: <laughs> um, if I had to pick out of a drone it'd probably be the uh, night. Uh, It'd be the Family Reserve 45th Maduro would be the one I would go for, uh, I, and that's based off of the 64 blend, which I think is why I like the 64 so much. I can see that. You know. would, that would definitely be my favorite Padron.
1: Well, and last week we talked about the 90th. I got this. Your father got me one for my birthday, which was super nice I actually nice just of him. smoked
2: a 90th Maduro uh, Monday. Monday. Was and I, it.
1: what was your impression of it? I gave my impression of it last week. What was yours? I
2: love the 90th. I think it starts out kind of a little just. You're almost underwhelmed, um, it, it doesn't really like jump out at you at the beginning, um, but then it, it comes to life I think about an inch into the cigar and just gets really good. Um, when comparing the Maduro and the Natural, though, I've smoked both of them, uh, the Natural I think the better one up front, it has better flavor, starts off better, but halfway through the Natural just kind of gets that burned tarry taste in your mouth I think. Um, And I think the Maduro stays more consistent. is the better overall cigar. It would be the one I would choose if I had to smoke one. It is
0: so much fun to have a guest on the show that is as much of a cigar nerd as we are.
2: (laughs) Uh, I could talk about cigars, I mean, all day long if I needed to.
1: So what's the best cigar that came out last year? What was the thing that came into the shop that you were just
2: elated by that knocked you on your rear? Um, I don't know if it was last year. Um, but we had a cigar come into the shop um, down in Tuscaloosa, R&R Cigars. Um, it was the uh, Tabernacle by Foundation Cigars. Um, and that cigar, it comes in right around the like 10 to $12 range. And I probably smoked at least two boxes of those. That was my go-to for a long time. Um, I would say it probably came out, I would say around the end of last year is when it came out. Just an excellent cigar. It's got a... Uh, it's got very spicy up front, but then smooths out and just gets really rich, woody, earthy notes to it. Um, and uh, you get kind of an underlay of, like, sweet nuttiness, um, which I think towards the end, which is just really nice. Very enjoyable cigar. Real dark. Um, could be a cigar for everybody, though. I've never heard anybody say they didn't like it that smoked it, which I think is a great thing because I suggest it to everybody, and most people pick it up. Um, and that's just one cigar. I ask them about it later on, and they're, like, fantastic. Never heard anybody say I didn't like it. So. so
1: we've gone through this before, and I want to ask you the question. When somebody goes in the humidor and you follow them in the humidor mm-hmm. like a good employee will, yeah. as a good, you know, you're, you're a representative of the cigar shop. Yeah. I hate to use the term employee. You're, you're representing the cigar shop and to a degree the brand.
2: When they go in and they say, okay, what should I get? Um, well, most of the time when they ask me what should they get, I'll ask them, uh, Typically, I ask them what kind of strength they're looking for. Now, a lot of people that come in, they don't know what I mean by strength, so I ask them what have they smoked in the past. Um, If they have stuff in the past, then I'll kind of build off what they have in the past and try to branch them out into something new that may be a little stronger Um, because I always try to push people towards a little bit stronger cigar than what they may be used to because I know when I started out, I started out with something that was mild to medium body, and uh, I wish that... uh, And I think that was good, because a lot of people start out with something flavored or mild, and they just get stuck there. And I didn't realize how great cigars could really be until I got into the full body cigars, because that's where all the flavor is. And that's where the cigars become most enjoyable.
1: Now, when you're dealing with a cigar virgin.
2: Most of the time, the go-to suggestion for me is I I try to steer them away from flavored cigars, um, because a lot of people, when they try flavored, they taste so good. Um, to uh, inexperienced cigar smokers or cigar virgins, um, and so they just get stuck there. I always suggest like a Rocky Patel '99 or Pedrero 10th Anniversary Champagne. It's kind of what I like to start people out on. That way, it's not too strong, doesn't make them sick or anything like that. Um, and then after they come in a couple times, I'll, I'll typically move them up something that's more medium body. Uh,
0: the Champagne is is my go-to on that. Yeah. Uh, that you know, the thing I love about the Pedrero Champagne is the fact that it's great for the person who's never smoked a cigar before and even as someone who enjoys a full-bodied i can still enjoy that cigar because there's so much flavor in it despite it being a light-bodied connecticut
2: yeah um, connecticut's have a tendency i'm not a huge fan of Connecticut's. the only time i like to smoke a connecticut's in the morning typically right when if i'm opening um, at a cigar shop i'll come in and that, that's kind of my morning cigar um, and i typically start with like i said either Padermo 10th anniversary champagne or Rocky Patel 99, occasionally like a Hammer Sickle Icon, um, which is gonna be a Connecticut wrapper rolled by Hammer Sickle. It's actually rolled in the Davidoff factory, so it's very similar to a Davidoff white label that's gonna be on the milder side um, for around $10, which is a great price. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Now, you mentioned something at the start of the show when you were describing your cigar that is something that we've never covered on this show, and that's the Retro hail. Um, it's not something I do. I never do it. It's just not yeah. one of those things that I do. Trey, do you ever? Oh, yeah. All the time. Oh, see, maybe I'm missing something. But it, if the times I've done it by accident, it has not been pleasant.
0: Well, it's something that you want to enter into with uh, consent um, <laughs> from your palate. Because if you do it accidentally, number one, basically all you're doing is just drawing smoke through your nose, which isn't exactly the same thing as a retrohale. But uh, it's not going to be pleasant.
2: Um, What I do is I always take a nice puff of the cigar and I'll just blow it out normally. And then towards the back end, I'll blow it out through my nose just a little bit. You never want to take a full puff and blow that full puff through your nose because a lot of times it'll make your eyes water, burn, and it won't be a pleasant experience. But if you'll just take like a, a puff of the cigar and then blow a little bit out and then just finish off with like easing a little bit through your nose, it makes it very enjoyable, very pleasant.
1: I'll have to try it, but I guarantee you when I
2: try it it'll be something Connecticut. Yeah, I would say that's a good place to start. I'm I don't know the full body that's just for me that's where I get it you really get to experience the, the taste and the flavor. When you come through the nose, you, you experience what the cigar really is.
1: Excellent. So why don't we take a quick break? Um, we'll stop for a few minutes, enjoy our cigars. Find out how the Caps
0: are doing against the Penguins, because I'm sure our audience knows better than we do.
1: (laughs) Yeah, they heard the national anthem. And we'll, we'll be back. Now time for the Cigar Etiquette Tip of the Week. If you're in a shop and you're enjoying a cigar in the public environment, The bathroom is a very private environment. Leave your cigar outside, don't take it in with you. There's no one in the shop gonna throw your cigar away, there's no damage going to be to it, and you run the risk of really destroying the flavor of your cigar depending on the environment you smoke it in. So leave your cigar where it's meant to be smoked in the public. And welcome back to the Cigar Cast. I'm one of your hosts, Shane Reeves. I'm sitting across from Trey Dedman. Welcome back, everybody. We are sitting here with Jonathan Brennan.
2: Yes. Uh, yeah, we're about... I would say I'm a little more than halfway through my cigar, but you guys <laughs> are probably about halfway through. Um, what are you guys thinking so far? So, this is the
0: first time I've ever had this cigar, and, you know, I know... Shane, I know that you really, really like it. I know this is a cigar that is probably in your top ten, maybe, and... I, I'm not, it's not as complex as I was
1: hoping it was going to be, but I've enjoying the heck out of it. It's the best cigar for that General makes for me. Um, that, that, to be a CAO, to be a General Cigar product, it, and I smoked the Romeo Nicaraguan a couple of weeks ago, and that's I kind of the diligence. yet to have that. I've got to bring you one. I managed to find. What did a box you think about
2: the Romeo Nicaragua? Love it. Mellow
1: smoke. Very relaxing. When I'm smoking that cigar, I just
2: relax and. Because I've only seen them on the shelves for about a week or so, and uh, I hadn't had a chance to try one yet. But it, it, Romeo just hadn't really sparked my interest of late. Uh, it's it's a great cigar. I
1: had one Monday night. Um, my father came over, and we were practicing cornhole for the cornhole tournament here. On the 19th. And uh, where he's my ringer. And he, I, I watched him throw four in a row straight in the hole, nothing but net, and said, oh, yeah, all I got to do is the minimum, and we got this. <laughs> but I smoked it that night, very relaxing, very just a great smoke. I love that smoke. Probably best one of the best smokes that Romeo has ever made for me. Wow. You need to
0: talk to Austin into putting a tournament together with a cash pri- or not a cash prize, but a cigar prize
1: so that you can really cash in while you're here. Yeah,
2: what, what is going to be the uh, prize for this uh, cornhole tournament?
1: I don't know. My understanding was there would be one. We'll have to corner Austin... And getting, getting nailed down the If it's going to be a up.
2: tournament, there has to be a, be a reward at the end for the winners
1: so. Well, you would think a box of cigars, you know. We <laughs> yeah, get... at
2: least a box, if not two, you know. you got to have a box for each person, you know? Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, I yeah. think. I think.
1: Yeah, we'll, we'll get on Austin. But again, just to hit that again for everybody, May 19th, Crown Cigars and Ales in Brentwood, 1800 Carruthers Parkway, um, 4 to 9. Four to nine. Yeah, yeah four, four, to, nine four nine to nine will be the time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a Friday night, so wrap up what you're doing. You know, take off. For, it's Friday. No one works on Friday anyway, so take off early. Drive up here, you know. And also, if you're,
2: if you're headed home from Nashville and you live in Franklin, uh, stop by um, because traffic's going to be a nightmare around four. So you might as well come by, have a couple cigars, get some good deals, and... Uh, enjoy the event Um, well
1: and also a lot of it will be outside he's showed me the layout and he has a lot of tables set up outside so it's not going to be one of the events where you have a hundred people in the store and it's that's going to spread it
2: out and make it very enjoyable for everybody and I'm sure the weather is going to be nice hopefully knock on wood you know yeah (laughs) but, uh, yeah, if the weather holds out and everything's good, then uh, outside's going to be excellent. I mean, weather's been great lately. So.
0: And we're going to be here as well. We're going to be set up outside for at least a portion of the night. But then, of course, we're going to be here for the whole show as well. We're going to be uh, – I, I know I'm good for at least a box or two. Shane probably is too. So we'll be uh, smoking our smoking our cigars and just enjoying the night.
1: And General Cigar is going to be here as well as La Flor Dominica. And um, I had the chapter two this week. I had the chapter one. I hadn't had the chapter two.
2: I haven't had the chapter two either. Um, every time I've gone to smoke one in the shop that I go to in uh, Tuscaloosa, R&R cigars, they've been sold out of them. So uh, there's one in the humidor now. I definitely have to give that a try. Um, um, it's a it's a really it's I absolutely fell in
0: love with the chapter one. I really just fell in love with the chapter one. And then so when the chapter two came out, it took me about a year or more before I would bring myself to smoke it because I was worried that it wouldn't live up to my expectations. And I should have smoked it when it came out. Because it's really good.
1: Well, Austin told me when it came out, he said, I think you're going to like the chapter one better than the chapter two. I like the chapter two better, but not by a lot. I I would definitely smoke either one of them in a heartbeat.
2: I've only smoked one chapter one, and it was a fantastic cigar. Um, I I try to smoke a little bit of everything in the humidor, so haven't gotten back around to that one yet.
1: So a little industry news this week. Hey, do we do that on this show? Yeah, let's (laughs) cover
2: a little industry news. First, um, May 2nd,
1: the FDA extended their compliance deadlines by 90 days for cigar companies.
0: And we reported on the first extension about 90 days ago, didn't we?
1: And this, and it's funny because the FDA is asking for these extensions, not the people suing the FDA, Cigar Rights of America, and the other companies such as that. So it's a good sign. I really think by October, when it actually comes to term, it's going to be a non issue because now. Um, Dr. Scott Gottlieb is officially the new commissioner of the U.S. Food and Drug Administration by a vote of 57 to 42. So that's a, that's a close vote. That is a pretty close vote. And he's 44 years old. The thing I love about Gottlieb, he wrote the article last year in the New York Times stating the difference in machine-made cigars and handmade cigars. And to me, it's crucial that somebody that's going to be in the FDA and they're going to start talking about regulating cigars understands the difference. There's not teenage kids buying a CAO Brazil to try to to be their first smoke. Well, and Um, I think that's
0: a really great point, especially because when the original bill or regulation came out, one of the things they talked about was price, but they didn't talk about manufacturing technique. And the difference between a premium cigar and a black and mild has nothing to do with price. It has everything to do with manufacturing. And so having someone in power that's going to be in charge of these regulations that actually understands the difference, I think that's going to go a long way to helping out the industry
2: um my reflection on that is like the difference is you have short fillers and long fillers and uh you actually have people that are they're that hand rolling these and that's their livelihood and uh with these regulations could have a giant effect on uh people's livelihood just in the fact that a lot of these boutique brands they can't afford to pay the prices that to get their cigars regulated that that they need to and it's not an industry that needs to be regulated i mean you don't have kids like you said like shane said uh teenagers coming in and buying uh buying nice hand-rolled cigars they're going into gas stations and buying black and miles or Swisher sweets or everything like that so um
1: well you've worked in a cigar shop your whole your adult life yeah how many teenagers have ever tried to come in and slip one past you
2: uh i don't even think i can think of one one time that same that somebody under under the age of um, I know like here, especially when I've worked at cigar shops in Tennessee, I've never had that happen. Um, I think I can think of one case in, in Alabama at the shop that I worked at, um, and that was just because their tobacco age is 19 in Alabama. Oh, really? And where it is 18 in uh, most other states. So you'll have somebody come in that's 18 and we can't sell to them. Um, but that would be the only thing I could think of. And it was a college student who smoked cigars regularly. I mean, he came in and bought an Opus X. Somebody that doesn't have experiences is coming in buying opus x i mean i don't i I mean you're looking at the twenty dollar stick so somebody's not just going to come in and buy a twenty dollar stick and not know what they're buying so um,
1: now during the break you started talking and you told us that the fda representative actually came to the shop tell us what that was like yes
2: um so i was actually working and uh i didn't even know anybody to stop by she was outside taking pictures of the shop and uh she came in and uh, talked to the owner and uh afterwards uh the owner came up to me and he's like that's the most pleasant experience I've ever had with any kind of government employee. He's like, she was super nice, very complimentary of the store. Said that we were doing it the right way, uh, had no complaints, um, and we just had to sign a form. And she just, she went on about her business, and uh, it was very pleasant. Super nice lady. Um, I came in, um, shook everybody's hand. Uh, very Did nice. Did she ever go in the humidor? Um, she walked through the whole shop, uh, went in the humidor, said we had a very nice setup. Uh, Uh, nice selection said she was very impressed and that's all she really had to say Uh, she wasn't she didn't try to nitpick anything and just walked in looked and walked out Um, she probably wasn't there more than 10 minutes i would say
0: was she there in like a regulatory capacity or was she there just trying to kind of get a lay for the land or do you i think she was just
2: going around to different shops and seeing and seeing what they sold seeing what the industry looks like seeing what the industry really does look like In like in tuscaloosa all we sell is uh we just sell cigars and then we have our alcohol which is which is a little different. Um, but other than that, we don't sell cigarettes. Um, we don't sell black and milds, none of that. It's just uh, hand-rolled cigars and uh, liquor, beer, and wine. Um, so that's all we sell. Um, we don't dabble in hookah or vape or anything like that. So um, she didn't really have much to say. She was just said we were doing a great job and, and just kind of let us go about how we were doing things.
0: Hey, I a quick question about that, just because we've talked about it on the show before. Yeah. Um, one of the things I look for in a shop When I'm traveling or when I move to a new city or whatever it is, one of the things that I look for is alcohol, whether it's beer, liquor, wine, whatever, Mm -hmm. being able to enjoy a drink with my cigar is something that just compounds the experience for me.
2: Yes. Is Uh, that
0: something... I mean, it doesn't happen a lot here in Nashville. Um, There's only a few shops where that's a possibility other than BYO. In, in Alabama or are the laws a little bit more lax about what are The laws are a
2: little different um, I know in Tennessee if you you can do beer like uh, what we have at, here at Crown Cigars I mean you do beer and cigars um, but you can't do liquor or wine um, as far as I know unless something's changed in the past six months um, but I know like in Alabama you can have it all like we have very high-end scotches bourbons whiskeys uh we don't really deal much with with your lower end stuff i think about the lowest we go is uh jack daniels um but uh we deal with a lot of like Belvini, um woodford your high-end bourbons and scotches oh wow um and those are great sellers for us um now can't you sell them by the shot yes they do uh, ounce and a half pours um that's that's a standard pour for the state of alabama um and you can order up to a double we can't bring you any more than that um but uh, you get two pours. It'd be two pours. Uh, so it'd be a beer, or a beer would be considered one pour. It'd be equivalent to an ounce and a half of liquor. So,
1: so give me a good cigar story. What's something you've seen happen in the shop that just was absolutely unusual and or hilarious to you?
2: Um, actually, it happened, um, I think it was Monday it happened. Um, I came into the shop, and I was sitting there, and the, uh, the owner pulled up, And someone had brought their child to the cigar shop and was letting him play in the parking lot with an electric car. And uh, that was very comical uh, because the owner pulled in and said, no, this can't happen. And the mom was just like, oh, no, honey, just let him pull in and you can go back to playing. And the owner was like, no, you can't do that. Like, he can't even be on the premises. Like, we can get in a lot of trouble for that. And that, that was hilarious to me. I mean, this kid couldn't have been more than four years old. And the mom's just sitting there out on the porch smoking a cigar and having a drink. And the kid's just sitting there playing on his electric car, just no worry in the world. And it's like, I think it was like 7, 8 o'clock at night, so it's getting dark. So, I mean, what if somebody had pulled in and ran over the kid? I mean, like that, that would have just been a horrible situation. Holy cow. Yeah. It blew my mind. First time I've ever yeah. seen anything like that.
1: The death of parenting in America. Okay, honey, play with your car. I'm going to have a beer. need to have a cigar. Been a long day for mommy. Mommy drinks because you cry. <laughs> so we've talked to a lot of different people in the industry, and it's always a lot of fun to have somebody in here who's, who's been involved in it for so long. My experience in the cigar culture has been universal that we have the best gentlemen in the business. I found very few just
2: jerks in the cigar business. Yeah, we call those the uh, one percenters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you have that 99 percent that's that's going to be down to earth real nice guys and then you have the one percenters that are that are the jerks um the guys you just really don't want to be around
0: well, it's it's really fun to to experience that in a shop i i know because you have behind the counter experience like i yes. do it's really fun to see the one percenters when you know the 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 super elite people that come in and they're forced to sit next to the dregs like you and I and, and still have a good time. I really, I don't know. There's something cathartic about that for me. Not to say there's anything wrong with, you know,
2: I mean, I really haven't had much like customer being a customer, not an employee dealing with dealing with people. Um, they're jerks. Um, I haven't really had much experience with that. Um, from a uh, employee standpoint, though, you deal with it on a daily basis. Um, people are coming in and uh, uh, they want to bring in their, their $3 cigar they got online and they want to smoke it inside the shop. And, and I think there's some shops that let that slide and then there's, there's others that are a little more strict on it. And I think if you're going to come in and you want to take up space and, and sit down and smoke a cigar, you should really uh, try and smoke, at least buy this, buy one cigar from that shop and, and at least support that business because they are allowing you to sit there and, and uh, smoke your cigar inside and, and have an enjoyable experience. And I don't think a lot of people, when you say something to them, they, it makes you come across as kind of a jerk. but. I don't think people realize that you're just trying to do your job.
0: I I think you're exactly right. Now, do you guys at R&R, do you do a cutting fee?
2: No, we don't. Um, We just don't allow outside tobacco at all. Uh, um, That's kind of one thing that that we're pet. That's one of our pet peeves is uh, not to let people come in with their outside cigars. Um, We can make suggestions for you. We can get you close. We can get you the exact same cigar. Um, but we just uh, we ask you not to bring in your your own tobacco.
0: One of my it's it's a bit of it's a bit antagonistic. But one of my favorite signs I've ever seen in a cigar shop is if you buy your cigars online, smoke them online. Yeah. Now, <clears throat> I personally have lived in an area where I was an hour and a half away from the nearest cigar shop, so I have to buy cigars online when I was there. And I don't have anything against buying cigars online.
2: Oh no! There's nothing wrong with buying cigars online. I mean, I think, I mean that's what a lot of people have to do sometimes. And if you want to smoke those at home, that, that's more than, you yeah. have, that's your right. I mean, you buy them online. I bought cigars online. I think everybody's bought cigars online yeah. before. Um, but uh, if you're going to do that, I, I, you should smoke them at home. Don't don't bring them into a shop to smoke them. And
0: and I I, I couldn't agree more. You know the the whole idea with that is, you know smoke it somewhere where you're not impinging on somebody's yeah. ability to make a living. Yeah. And, you know, I'm all for buying cigars online, whether it's a cigar you can't get in your shop or whatever yeah. it is, but, but you know, this person's air conditioner and their electricity and their cable, all of that stuff is wrapped
2: is up. And yeah. It's surprising to a lot of people. I mean, a lot of people think, oh, opening a cigar shop shop up is, uh, is cheap. It's not cheap at all. It's, it's a very expensive process and probably one of the more expensive businesses you can get into. Absolutely. Um, other than maybe like the food industry, which would be very expensive, but food industry I think allows you to make your money back a little faster than the cigar industry does.
1: Well, and I was in here yesterday and I got to hear Austin actually discussing cut fees with one of his employees. Because he was asking if there was a cut fee in here and Austin said no there's really no way a cigar store wins of a cut fee cuz on one hand you're encouraging it mm-hmm. right and you're saying okay pay me and you can do it yeah. and on the other hand you're telling somebody no you can't do it to the cigar that their you know cousin's sister's uncle gave them when they had their baby that they're going to they're going to buy cigars 355 days a year out of your store and that one day they would like to enjoy that cigar.
2: And I think that's where the exception comes in is uh-huh. if you have like that one really nice cigar that was a gift from somebody um, and you're a regular customer of the shop, a lot of times if you'll talk to the owner, the owners will be okay with it. Um, like if you go outside the country and you bring back a nice Cuban or something and you want to smoke it, um, I think that would be a, a scenario or a situation that would that would be okay. Or if you buy something online that you can't find, like something that's more rare um, that shops can't regularly get, I think that would be okay. Um, but I would definitely talk to your owners um, before you did it. Don't just walk in there and assume. Right.
0: And that's one of those things, you know, I... I s- I occasionally will frequent a shop up closer to my house than Crown's and, you know, one of the, typically I leave work, I smoke a cigar, and then if, if I go in there and I've still got part of a cigar left, even though he knows I always spend some money at his shop, he knows I'm good for it, I always still walk in and say, hey, got a little bit left on this one, I'm still gonna buy a cigar from you tonight, is that okay? And he's gotten to the point, he's like, you don't have to ask anymore. I know you're good for it. But it's just, to me, it's that etiquette of, I yeah, understand. Your cigar
2: etiquette's a big deal. And, and yeah. a lot of people just don't understand. It's not that they're they're trying to be that jerk or anything. It's just because they don't know. And I, I think um, etiquette would probably be a, a, great, a great podcast just to have one about cigar etiquette in shops, um, if you haven't already. Um, I haven't had a chance to listen to any of your podcasts yet, but um, I'm sure I'll be a regular listener coming oh. up.
0: Well, what, it's funny you mention that because during the break we always do an etiquette tip of the week, and so
1: oh,
2: see that's yeah. awesome. Yeah.
1: Well, and another weekly feature, a regular feature here, is our cigar under eight bucks. Every week we profile a cigar under eight dollars for the listener to enjoy, just for something to expand and broaden their horizons. This week I'm featuring the La Aurora Cameroon. Now, they launched this Cameroon wrap cigar this year. It's the third edition in the Company's Time Capsule series. And it's a, let's hit the important part, a Toro at 6 by 58. So it's a 6 inch long 58 ring gauge cigar, looking 575 to 625 That's wow. a great That's price point. Yeah.
2: For that cigar, I mean, you're looking at, what, an hour to an hour and a half at least? smoke and that's if you're really trying um, you could probably milk that for two hours at least
1: they've got it in the Cameroon they also have it in the Connecticut but I always tend to go to the more complex flavors I always yeah. tend to go to the Cameroon more
2: Connecticut's have a tendency to be kind of bland um, very one-dimensional um, Cameroon kind of has that natural sweetness to it which is which is a great wrapper um, very underrated and, and not very well known and
0: unfortunately not terribly well blended too I've like a Cameroon cigar for me. This is my personal opinion. um, They tend to be Cameroon wrap cigars. Tend to be all about the wrapper, and you don't ever
2: you don't. They don't put a lot of time into the binder and filler.
0: Exactly, and because I love Cameroon, but I wish I could find that cigar. um, uh, One of the local reps a few years ago decided to do a special release and. He did a, a Cameroon-wrapped cigar, but he actually blended the cigar to that wrapper, yeah. and it was probably the best Cameroon I've ever had.
2: Um, another great Cameroon would be the uh, Decade Cameroon by Rocky Patel. Yeah. Um, I found that one to be very enjoyable. Um, but the binder and filler is not blended for that wrapper. It's blended for a Sumatra wrapper It's right. in the uh, normal Decade, um, which and I think they should have taken a little more time with.
1: Well, and that's another thing about this cigar. It's one of the things I've noticed is it's a cameroon wrapper but it's an ecuadorian sumatra binder i love sumatra i've been on record of saying that and the filler is both dominican and nicaragua
2: oh wow that sounds very interesting
1: so a lot of complexity in that cigar i think i'm gonna drop my six dollars and a quarter and <laughs> yeah. have one here pretty soon
0: yeah i think i'm gonna join you in that
1: yeah i'm definitely gonna have to try that because that just sounds very enjoyable and that's what I love. I love a cigar. It, it proves that a great cigar does not have to cost you an arm and a leg. No, it doesn't.
0: But one well, question—go not... right ahead, Trey. No, no, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, and that's, that's one of the things that I love about that segment is the fact that a lot of times people look at the Padrones and the Davidoffs and the Ashtons even to a yes. certain extent and think that there's a correlation between price and quality, and that's not always the case.
2: No, it's not the case. I mean, people assume that I have to pay an arm and a leg for a great cigar, and you don't. There's a lot of cigars out there that I mean, you can get for seven to eight bucks that are that are going to be awesome smokes. Um, one of my favorite kind of go-tos is the uh, Ontario Fuente Cuban Bellicoso. Mm-hmm. Um It's around eight dollars. Um, I think, depending on the shop, it can be anywhere from seven to eight fifty. Um, and that's a great cigar there too for the money, at least. Uh, I've bought several boxes of those just to have as um, more or less truck smokes while I drive
1: so this is a question that I love to ask and I haven't never got to ask Trey this question either so what is the most expensive we'll start with Jonathan what's the most expensive cigar you've ever
2: smoked uh, I think I'm gonna have to pass that one to Trey um, I think we should we should let Trey answer that and then, then I'll go into depth on uh, what I smoked <laughs> it
0: just so happens I have a fantastic story about this uh The most expensive cigar I ever smoked was not actually that expensive of a cigar. It had more to do with where I smoked it. So when I was in college at Baylor, I was then dating my now second ex-wife, and I had just rolled back into town after Easter, and I really wanted a cigar. And she was going to meet me at one of my favorite cigar shops in town. It was a Sunday. And by the time we finished dinner, that shop was closed. And so I remembered that the Gaylord Texan had a cigar lounge in the hotel. So we drove our happy butts all the way out to Grapevine. And... Set in their cigar lounge, and I had just had because I was listening to the Cigar Dave radio show that weekend. I had just heard about the Padrone 1964 anniversary series, and I hadn't had one yet. And I decided that that's what I wanted to smoke and smoked it. I was probably 1920 at the time, and we hung out with these guys. I was drinking in a bar, even though I, because they didn't ask my age, because I was smoking a, what I found out later was an $82 cigar.
2: Wow, that beats what I smoked. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but places like that, you go on cruises or in nice hotels and and things like that, you're definitely going to pay a premium for them. I saw a menu for a cruise and for a uh, Romeo, I think it's the 1860 or 1875 is what it's called. Um, I think they were asking like $22 for that cigar on a cruise. And I mean, that's a, that's a $7 to $8 stick. Yeah. And uh, they get it too. And I mean, that's a surprising thing. People are willing to pay it, um, supply and demand. Uh, well, my most expensive one was also a Padrone.
1: My wife and I had drove in Chattanooga for Valentine's night. It was Valentine's night and we wanted to go to Burns in Chattanooga. And I'm down there in the humidor, and they had the Padron. um, They come in the big box. It's also a humidor, Jonathan.
2: You'll know which one. The Padron 58, 50th. Uh, 50th. Um, One of my favorites. That cigar is fantastic. I've actually smoked quite a bit. That's what uh, my boss would give me as a reward if we had a very good night.
1: Well, it was a $68 cigar that night, and I purchased it for $68. And now this is a great. This will really exemplify what cigar culture is. We were in the humidor. I said, hey. I'd like to go to the Davidoff Lounge. I'm about, you know, We're about to spend 100 bucks here. Yeah. Can we go to the lounge and smoke? And he said, I'm sorry, I can't let you into the lounge if you're not a member. And the guy in the humidor said, I'm a member. He's coming as my guest.
2: See, that's, that's, that's cigar culture. Yeah, cigar culture. You meet those nice guys, and they're just like, you know what, you can't get in. I'm a member, be my guest. And that's the nice guys that you meet in the cigar industry, which is a great thing.
1: Well, and I reciprocated with the international sign of reciprocation. I bought him a beer. Yeah. There you go. Um, You
2: either buy him a beer or buy him a cigar or something like that. Um,
1: Yeah, something something nice.
2: But that was my most expensive cigar. um, Probably my most expensive cigar would have been I went into uh, Bellmead Cigars in Bellmead, Tennessee, Um, And I was there to buy uh, some Tatuaje Tattoo Lanceros, um, the 10-year Tattoo Lanceros, um, which is one of my favorite sticks to smoke in the Lancero size. Um, And so uh, I went in there to buy a couple of those, and I happened to notice in the Davidoff cabinet they had the Davidoff Royal Salamones, um, which, if you know, most Davidoff shops don't carry those. You have to be a very special client to carry those. Which they Um, are. Which they are. Um, they do a lot of business with Davidoff I paid $52 for this cigar wow Um, and I was 18 19 at the time I'd just really gotten I'd gotten into cigars and I'd read a lot about them I want to say I was 19 at the time it was over like Christmas break and uh, it took me a couple months to smoke that cigar I kept it in my humidor and I found a special occasion I think I smoked it on my 19th birthday and uh, that cigar had to be the most complex cigar I ever smoked it was a eight and a half inch or so Salamone and that cigar changed seven or eight times throughout the cigar. Wow. It's fantastic. Um, I would love to go and buy another one, but $52 is just a lot to spend on a cigar. Um, I don't know whether I would say it was worth the money, but it was worth the experience. There you go.
1: Well, and that's a lot of, um, we could spend a whole show talking about the amount of cigar for the amount of money. Yeah. But we've come to the end of our show tonight. We've kind of wrapped it up. And Jonathan, thanks for being here with us Oh, it
2: was a pleasure being here This is my first podcast I've ever been on And uh, I'd love to do it again It's been a great experience for me We're going to hit you
1: up again before you get out of town, I'm sure You're I'm here I'm for here, the summer
2: I'm here until August So uh, if you guys, any of you guys are in town and want to stop by Just come by, I'm working at Crown Cigars this summer Just come by, say hi, talk to me or Austin um, We have a couple other employees I've yet to meet But um, I'm sure they'll be willing to help you out too
0: so I uh, just a couple little housekeeping tips. Number one, I do want to reinforce the fact that Austin is having his grand reopening event or grand opening event on May the nineteenth. We really hope to see everybody there. Come by, have a cigar, experience the specials. There's going to be you know great beer, great events, uh, you know games and and things like that. There's going to be raffles and giveaways. Oh.
2: No. Oh, no, I was just going to say I'm working that night, so um, oh, perfect. I'll, I'll definitely be here, um, so come by and say hi.
0: Yeah, so mention to Jonathan that you heard him on the podcast, and in the meantime, if you want to get a hold of us, the best way to do it is by email info at com. We're, of course, on all forms of social media, facebook.com slash thecigarcast, Instagram and Twitter at thecigarcast, and we really hope to hear from you.
1: Well, thanks everybody for listening this week. Next week, I got a very special guest lined up. I'm not going to tell y'all who it is, but he's a really special guest. It's going to be a lot of fun to talk to him. Can't hardly wait a week to get to sit down and have a smoke, but we'll see you all next week.
2: Thank you.